Hello and welcome to Celtic Down Under. My name is Laura and I'm joined by Liam as we uh, review the third of the teams in Group F. It is the turn of Croatia, as you can tell by that magnificent and iconic checkerboard shirt that Liam is wearing. Liam, what particular vintage of shirt is that one, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, this is the, the 2018 World Cup variant. Um but the the great thing about Croatia is that they have a they have an iconic and consistent pattern. So if you've got any Croatia shirt from the last sort of twenty five years, it's it's instantly recognisable as Croatia. So I mean, yeah. the nineties child in me just loves that that ninety eight World Cup one, which we'll get on to talk about with Davor Sukar mm. on the back. But um, but any variation of it will do. Um, it's it's a particular favourite of mine, I have to say. Speaking of the history of, of Croatia at the World Cup, for obvious reasons, they're a, they're a relatively young country in the grand scheme of things, and they've obviously mm. therefore not had much of a chance to qualify for World Cup. So I thought an interesting place to start with Croatia is to look at their record at the World Cup. Um, sure. they, they obviously had their first opportunity to qualify in 1998, and to use a phrase that you mentioned before we started this video, they burst onto the scene, finishing third place in France, um, mm. and, and really making a name for themselves. They've then gone on to only fail to qualify for one out of a possible um, six World Cups that they've been able to get to, or seven now if you include Qatar, obviously. Yeah. Um, and even with that, they've managed obviously to get runners up again, losing in the final to France in in twenty eighteen. Given the size of the country, the, the, the historical um, struggles that they've had, how how impressed are you with the the record that they've got, not only qualifying for the World Cup, but but doing as well as they appear to do every time they get there? Oh, I mean, it, it's incredible. I mean, w without <clears throat> without going into the you know the the state of the the politics of it all, Croatia was a country in ruins in the early nineties. And yet they've managed to bring a football infrastructure together that, you know, with, you know, just a, literally just a couple of years after the, their formation, they were the third best team in the world. Um, it's it's incredible to think. And uh, they, they've continued that on since then. And um, they are a shining example to every small European nation of what you can achieve if you just um, get your act together and work on producing world class players. Yeah, because I, I, I might be being ignorant in saying so, but I wouldn't imagine they've got much more money flying around uh, in Croatian football than in many other countries of a similar size. And yet the, the pool of talent they seem to be able to produce, if it, whether it's obviously Luka Modric, who's one of the best players in the world at the moment, but going back further than that, Robert Prozineski, Davor Sukar, uh, Mario Mandzukic, um, and back up to the present day, even Perisic is another favourite of mine. The fact you can even name as many talented players in that is just a testament to that to that spirit that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the funny thing is that when um when Yugoslavia broke broke up into its constituent countries, a lot of people thought that Serbia would be the one that would emerge as the dominant power because they had the bulk of uh, the the Yugoslav squad at that time. But Croatia have just completely superseded them. I mean, Serbia are a team that, that, you know, qualify more often than they don't, but they've not achieved anything like what Croatia has, despite being basically the same size and drawing on a pool of players from the same, roughly the same area. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean they do have talents of their own, which we'll get into when we when we come to review them. But um, but yeah, Croatia seems to be where the most concentrated concentrated amount of talent is from that part of the world, and and it's great to see. Um, looking at that talent, as I, as I talked about, we'll, we'll go on and look at the squad um, for Croatia and who's going to be representing them at this World Cup. Um, you've got Dominic Lavakovic of Dinamo Zagreb, Ivica Ivicic of Osijek and Ivo Gribic of Atletico Madrid. As far as I'm aware, Lavakovic is first choice for, for Croatia. I might be wrong, um, mm. but... The three of them not not necessarily very household names between the sticks in comparison to the video we just recorded before this one um, yeah. looking at Belgium and, and Thibaut Courtois. Yeah, I mean, um, I think, like you say, um, Levakovic will, will will be the, the main man simply because he is the number one keeper at his club and has played in the Champions League this year. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas... Uh, Krivic is a backup at Atletico Madrid, and I'll be honest, I do not know the status of the Osijek keeper because I, it's not a team I follow. No, exactly. Um, I, I think that's fair enough. And uh, but like I say, I think I'm in total agreement with you that Lavakovic will be the will be the first choice. Um, going on to look at defenders, um, we've got Stanisic of Bayern Munich, uh, Borna Barisic of some wee diddy team, Josip uh, <laughs> Sutalo uh, of of Dinamo Zagreb. Dejan Lovren of Zenit St. Petersburg, Borna Sosa of Stuttgart, um, Badriol of RB Leipzig, uh, Vida of AK Athens, our very own Josip Juranovic, and Martin Ehrlich of Sassuolo. Before we obviously go on to talk about Josip Juranovic and the impact he's had at Celtic and what he can offer uh, Croatia at this World Cup, another player I wanted to, to highlight there is, uh, for, for reasons of my own, is... Uh, Joseph Sassuolo. Um, I don't know if you partake in the football manager game, uh, Liam, but he is a particular uh, darling of football manager players, particularly this year. I think he's 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 quite talented, so I'll be interested to see what he's like in real life. Aye, uh, it's. Uh, I hope that the um the football management assessment of him is better than the the FIFA assessment of most of the Celtic squad. Where uh, well, you know. Um, Jota is a white guy with bright, bright blonde hair, and uh, <laughs> uh, Kyogo looks as if he's a—I don't know—he he looks like a completely different person from the one we know and love. Yes, <laughs> so, um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, fair to say that uh, the 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 FIFA games tend to concentrate on the people that make the most money for them, and unfortunately, Celtic players don't fall into that category, but. We love them anyway, and we certainly love Josip Juranovic. How proud are you as a Celtic supporter, given the impact he's had at Celtic Park, to see him in that squad, and most likely to start at right back, if 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 my understanding of the of the Croatia team is correct? Mm. Yeah, he's he's there, and he's there on merit. Um, you know, for all it didn't quite work out the way we wanted it to. Celtic played in the Champions League this year, mm-hmm. played well against the likes of Real Madrid, Leipzig and Donetsk. We showed that we can compete at that level, if nothing else. And Juranovic was an integral part of that. So that's the type of profile that all of those defenders have. If you look at them, you know, Dinamo Zagreb, Bayern Munich, um, present politics notwithstanding, Zenit St. Petersburg would be in there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're all good uh, either... 
Champions League or Europa League teams that you would expect to do well in those tournaments. Um, you know, they've they've got a a lineup of uh, teams there that covers all the, the best in Europe um, and Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. We've 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 actually managed to get to this point in the reviews without seeing a Rangers player, but we haven't left out any chance to have a dig whenever we've seen an Eintracht Frankfurt player, which I love. Um, <laughs> and obviously, uh, Dejan Lovren. I'm surprised he's um the anti-vaxxer has had such a an okay reaction to signing for a Russian club, but we won't go into that, I suppose. Um, midfielders <laughs> looking at Croatia. Um, this is where the real pool of talent is for the Croatian team, I think. Um, you've got yeah. Lovro Meyer for Ren. You've got Matteo Kovacic of Chelsea, a player I absolutely love. Luka Modric of Real Madrid, again, a player who, f- I have to admit, until I saw him play against Celtic, I mean, I always knew how good he was, but mm. he, he, he was unreal um, against Celtic in those two games. Marcelo Brozovic of Inter, uh, Pasalic of Atlanta, Vlasic of Torino, Lukas Sukic of RB Salzburg, and Christian Jakic of Eintracht Frankfurt. <laughs> mm. um, uh. Looking at that midfield lineup, Liam Modric is obviously the standout there, isn't he? What, what is he oh, going to provide as a player for, for Croatia at this World Cup? Well, again, international swan, swan song for him, most likely. Um, he. Uh, He's the engine room. He makes that whole team tick, and he is an absolutely wonderful footballer. And it's one of them that his, although he has naturally got slower as he's got older, the footballing brain is such that you barely notice it. Um, he has the intelligence that he is in the position he needs to be in before the ball gets there. Mm-hmm. So the lack of pace isn't really an issue for him, and he's still as bigger player in that team and as big a player in the Real Madrid team as he was five years ago. He absolutely is. And when you've got players of the talent of Marcelo Brozovic and Matteo Kovacic uh, backing him up, that really makes for a, a really solid uh, central central uh, three, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Because I think that's probably most likely to be their starting three, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it's a, the midfield is is Croatia's strength, absolutely, um, and that is where their games will be won or lost. Absolutely, uh, Luka Sukic is another football manager darling of mine who I managed to get to Celtic from RB uh, Salzburg, and um, absolutely, he scored two goals against Rangers for me actually, so I love oh, well it. Um, attackers we've got even Perisic of Tottenham formerly of Inter Milan and various other high profile clubs Andre Mm -hmm. Kramaric of Hoffenheim Marco Lavaya of Hajduk Split Bruno Pekovic of Dinamo Zagreb Ante Budimir of Osasuna and Mislav Orsic of Dinamo Zagreb Zagreb I have to say it's quite unusual to be going into a, a, a World Cup with a Croatia team where the standout player for Croatia isn't in that front line. They they so often deal in iconic strikers. Um, do you think that's yeah. going to be a potential weak point for them, or is it just a case of my footballing ignorance stopping me from from seeing players for, for what they really are? I mean, um, what I've seen of Orsic and Perisic so far, they 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 are two very good players. 
they just don't, the, the problem is when you're in the same team as Luka Modric, you're always going to be the second billing. That's just the yeah, reality sure. of it. Um, but uh, no, I, I think that's a, a, it's maybe not quite as uh, as glamorous a front line as, as Croatia have had in the past, but it's still an effective one. And I think that more and more, particularly since Modric first came into the team, you know, more than a decade ago, it has driven the Croatia to become more of a, a team that produces goals from midfield. Yeah, so yeah. I am not particularly concerned at the the front line because I think they will do the job they have to do. But like I said before, Croatia's magic is going to come from the midfield mostly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even Perisic has been a favourite of mine for a number of years. I really think he's a fantastic player, but again how likely he is to have a great impact given the age that he's at is uh, remains to be seen but like you said Mislav Orsic has uh, performed well for Dinamo Zagreb and as it says up the top there actually scored against Chelsea in the Champions League so he obviously knows where the goal is um, speaking of which we'll need to look at where um, he'll have to apply that knowledge of goal scoring and with that said I'll have a look at the fixtures for Croatia at the FIFA World Cup um, let me just see if I can pull that up. Um, yes, there we go. So they've got an opener against Morocco. Many will consider Croatia favourites to win that. They've got another um uh game in which they'll be favourites against Canada, most likely, and then a tricky tie against Belgium to close out this the the group. Um, how important do you think it'll be for Belgium to uh, for Croatia? Sorry to to try and secure their qualification before they even need to face somebody of the of the calibre of Belgium? Yeah, I mean, the, their target is going to be to have six points on the board going into that game. Um, yeah. But um, the, because obviously, if you are Canada or Morocco, you get into that last game thinking you just want to keep it alive because your easiest game is the last game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um the fact that the two big hitters of the group play each other last, if they've both done what they should do and got, got six points by that point, then it becomes a kind of a, okay, that is where sometimes the World Cup can be a wee bit shady because you might not field a full-strength team if you look at who is second in the other group at that point. Um, you know, uh, um, but uh, I think that uh, Croatia could, could very well top this group. Um, and uh, I, uh, yeah, I think they're, a, they're an extremely capable side. But same as Belgium, they are an aging side. So yeah, is that concern? And in Morocco and Canada, you've got two very young, hungry squads there that want to prove a point at, at this level. So they'll need to be careful. As I say, I think they'll win. I think they will win this group, and they'll certainly get through. But they're going to have to be careful because none of those ties will be easy. No, they certainly won't be. I mean, I, I think I think with Croatia, one of those things that we um, often underestimate with them and sometimes forget is, as I said, the way in which they've managed to get a third-place finish and a World Cup final appearance in, in such a relatively short space of time as a country. Hmm. Nobody is... I can't remember a time where... A World Cup finalist is being so roundly ignored in the in the predictions for who's going to do well at this World Cup. It, do you think there's a, a chance that 
football fans in general just seem to undervalue Croatia at every turn, or is that a bit harsh? No, I, I think it's not. It's not just Croatia because I think teams like um, teams like Denmark, um, pretty much all the African teams, um, mm-hmm. and uh, well, from my own point of view, Japan and Korea as well. They're all very, very capable squads, but they're all kind of not even considered as contenders when the tournament comes around. Um, I think we we have this idea that. See, the World Cup is not its not like the English Premier League or the Spanish League, whatever. It's not like there's only one or two teams could win it, right? Um, as, I said, as I said before, you've got your tiers, right? Tier one is Brazil, Argentina, Germany, etc. The traditional big hitters. Yeah. Tier two is teams like Croatia, England, um, you know, teams, Denmark, teams of that level that I think are capable of winning it if everything goes in their favour. Yeah, and also, I mean, look at the look at the Argentina result that we're recording this video off the back of. If yeah. they're going to win the World Cup, they've only got six more games to do it in, like, yeah. essentially, because mm-hmm. they, they need to... I, th- I think it, I'm right in saying it's seven games total that you play if you get to the final um, yeah. you don't need to win all of those but equally not winning all of those puts you at a major disadvantage so that's why teams in that second tier that you talk about like like Croatia are in with such a good shout of winning the tournament because as you say it's not a league season, it's not a war of attrition over 38 games get a couple of those early results to go for you and you could be in with a shout when it comes to the end of the tournament because uh, even even though after the first three games it's a knockout stage, momentum is a big thing. Yeah. Um, to get to give them their due, England at the last tournament built that momentum, mm-hmm. and it carried them through and until Croatia beat them. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I th- and Croatia as well. You know, they did very well to see off um, the hosts Russia in the quarterfinals, who gave a a very very good account of themselves. They did that that thing host nations tend to do. Uh, well, Qatar haven't, but um, they tend to punch far above what you would expect from them because there's a bit of national pride there, and it's their host country. Because yeah. the, the Russia team for 2018 actually really impressed me in a footballing sense, and yeah. Croatia took care of them quite comfortably. So yeah, the, yeah, the Russia team I remember being very very strong at the 2018 World Cup. I wonder whatever happened to them. But, uh, mm. um, yeah, we shall move on. Um, I think that covers everything we wanted to say about Croatia um, and, and we'll certainly cover them a little bit more towards the end of the Morocco uh, video as we tend to do once we've reviewed all four teams in the group. Um, Liam, thank you very much for joining me for this one. Don't forget, guys, if you haven't watched all the videos up till now, they are now live on the channel and are coming out every day as uh, we approach the first game for each team at the Qatar World Cup in 2022. Liam, thank you very much for joining me and we'll see you all again for the next one. See you then.